Hi, my friends, and welcome to Birthing into the Great Unknown. I'm your host, Stacey Berry, and this is where we are going to redefine pregnancy, birth, parenting, and ultimately ourselves. This podcast is dedicated to those that wish to leave behind overwhelming anxiety and choose to create action and agency in their lives. For what we birth after we give birth can be the most powerful part of our journey. Let's get started. This week, I'm going to talk about uh, tools, tools to help manage large emotions. So I have kind of spent a lifetime um, investigating, researching, reading about how best to help with how I manage stress, how I manage overwhelm, how I manage my emotional health and wellness. And so I, in uh, this last year, uh, read an amazing book called uh, Patriarchal Stress Disorder by Dr. Valerie. It is absolutely a groundbreaking book. And in reading her book, I was so inspired that I did take a wellness course with her, uh, The Thriving Solution, that was a remarkable journey into unpacking um, deeper emotions, uh, recognizing whether or not they're truly mine, and ultimately managing stress with certain tools. So I'm going to this week talk about a tool that I utilize to manage large emotions when I start to get overwhelmed, scared, frightened, uh, when I am confused with what is happening, even with my emotional state, and then how I navigate that. So I would love to go ahead and share with you something I had written that kind of embeds this tool that I use called the language of sensation. All right, so in the context of all of this, I do want to talk about this year, right? Because 2020 is big. It's super, super big. We're experiencing one of the biggest historical moments of our lifetimes. We are in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, We're in, if you're in the States, well, even around the world, most of the world is experiencing a a lot of political upheaval. We are going through a huge transitional time of social and racial unrest, Um, environmental changes that seem wild and crazy, huge catastrophic storms, fires raging through uh, California where I live, you know, and also economic uncertainty. There is a lot going on right now um, that is overwhelming, scary, uncertain, and frightening. And so how do we manage our emotions at this time and still be able to create safety in our homes and in our body? Um, You know, what compounds all of this is that we are in a moment of tremendous social contraction as well, right? So we can't connect with our normal ways of de-stressing and unwinding. You know, we can't see our loved ones. We can't see our friends. Um, No more coping skills like maybe going to a local community yoga class to really kind of unwind is not an option. Even retreating to the movies is not available at this time. So it's it, we're really in a heavy spot, right? I mean, we can't even go and have coffee with a girlfriend. So it's just um, it's it's just almost like a tsunami that keeps crashing over us one wave after the next, and there really hasn't been a moment of any reprieve. 
So, so what are we going to do? How do we utilize tools to create safety in the moment of really tumultuous chaos, right? So with all of these things said, life still has to go on. Many of us have to work, even if we're working from home. And those of us with children, uh, school has to go on. You know, fall is facing many of us e-learning. You know, so as this unfolds, it's a lot for us. I come from a family of teachers. My sister is an elementary school teacher. She has been, gosh, I want to say almost 20 years. My husband is a high school teacher for going on almost 10 years. You know, and as cases in the States and California started to rise over summer, I was uh, having an increasing amount of fear thinking about my family returning back to school. I mean, my husband alone serves 130 to 150 teenage students, you know, um, every every two days. He's got those students coming in and out of his classroom. And uh, he works in a school that's actually renovated old buildings, old commercial buildings. So his classroom, believe it or not, is in a cramped basement with very low ceilings, no windows, and outdated ventilation. So the idea of him in a room, even with half the amount of kids that he serves, was alarming to me in this, um, in this space, in this time, you know, currently, you know, not to mention my own kids who were heading into third and fifth grade, you know, they have 30 plus children in their classrooms, you know, even if we go to half of that 15 kids, and as much as my kids are wonderful and fabulous, um, they're not really responsible in keeping their masks on or not touching their faces or washing their hands, or even washing their hands correctly. So there was a lot of fear circulating this summer of what is going to happen. So we ultimately felt that distance learning was the best choice for us. Um, Ultimately, it was up to our schools to make that decision. And I know that's a really rough and hard decision. Uh, But our school actually made that choice well before it was mandated by the state. So eventually the state did mandate it. And, you know, there was a lot of relief. There was a lot of relief in my house. Um, once we kind of had the decision made, we we went right into, um, you know, making this work. We went right into shifting gears, focusing on what this would look like, getting our kids prepared, getting their rooms prepared. I actually rearranged our entire household so that all of us had private working spaces because I myself am working at home too. So at any given moment, there are four of us possibly Zooming, possibly, you know, on our computers doing work using the internet and so we had to make that um, work for our family so literally every almost every single room in our household has a working station and office you know and we just realized that we're going to do the best we can to make this work for us right it felt good it felt safe we knew it was the right call and then of course the Monday comes where school is about to begin Um, I remember that morning very, very well because it was exciting. You know, we had we had breakfast. We took the dogs out. We talked about what to expect, how exciting this was. We took our first day school photos like we always do every single fall. 
Um, the kids were ready. They had their Chromebooks. They had Zoom loaded. They had their password set. Uh, they had their snacks, their water. There was a lot of anticipation and excitement in the house that Monday morning, right? So I went into their rooms. I got them all set up. Zoom started. I saw their teachers pop up and all the other little anticipating faces of their their classmates. Um, I took a photo of them. They were excited. And then I turned around and walked out of their bedrooms. As I walked out of their bedrooms, an overwhelming emotional uh, tidal wave hit me, right? The realization that my children are attending class this fall, 2020, in their bedrooms alone in front of a computer hit me like a ton of bricks. I think that I had been so focused on safety and uh, making this work and being positive for my children that once I actually saw and felt what this is going to look like, reality just kicked in, right? Reality just kicked in and I turned around, walked down the hall and just started crying. The tears just flowed uncontrollably uncontrollably from my eyes. It was unexpected. I was not anticipating this emotional response. I wasn't. You know, I was actually relieved, you know, over the weekend and excited for them. And then all of a sudden, those unexpected, overwhelming, sneaky tears just spilled out of my body. They rolled down my cheeks, down my mouth, I was so caught off guard by this emotional response. I was breathless and I was instantly exhausted. I was instantly exhausted. And I sat on the couch for a moment, caught off guard by my emotional response. And I just sank into it. You know, I I decided I wasn't going to be afraid of it. So I just sat there and I let myself cry. Because it felt right, it felt good, it felt warm, it felt familiar. When I talk about this moment, I still get choked up. It was big, it was big. You know, the tears came with such great intensity as the reality and the understanding of what our children, my children, your children, what we're missing out on, contact, intimacy, new relationships, What we're missing out on right now really kicked in, right? The weight of the moment, the realization that we're not returning back to normal anytime soon. It really was a deep sadness, right? So as I sat there, I decided that this moment has to count, right? I need to embrace this sadness. I need to embrace this breakdown, because there's beauty here. I need to listen to my body. You know, returning to school is just one milestone that we're missing out on this year. 2020, we've missed out on summer vacations because we canceled ours. Uh, Pool parties, birthdays, even births, right? Um, Weddings, graduations, anniversaries, holidays, You know, we're at a point right now where we can't even celebrate the passing of a loved one because we can't gather in celebration for a funeral even. 
you know, as I feel this week, I felt this week so deeply in my body. It was a culmination of so much. Um, I also knew that this moment will pass, right? And that the only way through all of this is right straight smack down the middle of this mess. You know, one thing that I promised my children and myself is that I'm here to play. I am here to play. I am in the arena. I do not back down. I do not shy away. I am here to feel. I am here to grow. And I am here to expand. So as I sat there on the couch, I just let my tears come. I, I, I know and I knew at that moment that I had to feel them. I had to share them. I had to allow my husband. And if my children saw them, I needed to allow them to see this. You know, um, I knew I needed to take the time that my body needed to reflect. I needed to recognize the, the, um, the largeness in this moment. I needed to acknowledge, right, this abundant collective pause kind of on our life and our celebrations and our milestones. You know, this is big. 2020 is a big year. Our collective celebrations are on hold right now. You know, my birthday's coming up and I don't usually do big things for my birthday, but still, everything is on hold. Halloween, Halloween's my favorite holiday and my daughter and I are having these conversations. What is Halloween going to look like? I do know it's all temporary and I know that, you know, for me, the only thing I can focus on is working towards creating safety in this moment for my family and myself. So I'm grateful. I am grateful for the opportunity to distance learn. Totally grateful for that opportunity. I also wholeheartedly know that my sister, my husband, and myself, because I am a teacher as well, as teachers, our passion, our drive, our connection It's going to come through. It will be felt. I know this to be true. You know, the format may be different. Online learning is different. But as teachers, as people that are driven to this work, our message will will come through. So I'm not worried about any of those things, right? The tears weren't about that specifically. I'm grateful for this moment to reflect. It keeps me connected. You know, I need the tears because it reminds me that I'm alive, right? The tears help me gravitate towards deeper connection to all of these things, even my family. So while I was grateful for this moment to reflect and I understand the tears may come, I welcome them. I need to process what's happening. I need to clear stuck emotions. I need to release them. You know, because one thing I have vowed to myself as well is that I refuse to allow 2020 to live in my body. I refuse to let this year traumatize me. I refuse to let it traumatize my children as well. And so the only way we can do that is acknowledge what we have. Acknowledge what we're going through. And be there for each other. That's really all we can do, right? I recognize that these larger emotions I'm meant to cast off. I know that. They're not supposed to be, you know, um, held on too tightly. I'm not supposed to pack them down. I'm actually supposed to release them. 
You know, that is basically how we process what we're going through by releasing the emotions in our body. So my tool, when I hit these, these larger, overwhelming, out of control um, times is I focus on what is called the language of sensation. Again, this is a tool I learned from Dr. Valerie who wrote Patriarchal Stress Disorder, a groundbreaking book. So I use the language of sensation to help me uncover my true emotions underneath this meltdown. So what am I truly feeling? What am I truly doing? The tool ultimately helps me process, right? Um, so as I sat there, I, I quiet my mind and I don't think about expectations. I don't think about the past. I actually focus on sensations and I name it. I qualify it. I give it space, right? So as I sat there crying, listening to my children attend school in their bedrooms, I took a deep breath. I recognized that my breath felt heavy. It felt like water was pouring over me, pounding down. It felt crushing. It felt thick. It felt powerful. And it felt endless, right? If I give this space, am I going to come back up for air? You know, I think too often when we're confronted with deep emotions, we get scared and we retract. We stuff it down and we retreat, right? We feel if we give it space and we let it come to the surface, we may get lost in it. And I acknowledge that um, this is a big fear. However, when we release our emotions, the opposite happens. We free them. We become liberated, right? We become liberated when we release our emotions. So I sat there and I let it wash over me. I felt every inch of it. It was expansive. It encompassed my entire body. I felt it feel, completely fill the room. And then I felt it feel the house. And then I felt it spill out onto the street. So much emotion. Using the language of sensation really helped me recognize and identify what I was feeling. Because when I'm not thinking, when I'm just focusing on naming the sensation, right? I give it space. And eventually, I realized I was just grieving. I was grieving the loss. So much grief. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. Maybe a little frustrated. (laughs) Maybe a little overwhelmed. But when it comes down to it, I was, I was grieving. I was, I was just grieving that we're in this time, in this space, in this momentum. I was grieving the fact that my children who are such social beings and, you know, go to school, yes, to learn, but also to socialize. They weren't getting any of that. While we had just spent a summer away from our friends, you know, we're not returning to school to be around friends. So it was, it was grief. It was grief. And I understand that we're all grieving. Grief is encompassing so much, right? Loss, sadness, gratitude, love, patience. Patience is so important. So my grief, this collective grief, it has to be felt. It has to be named. We must lean into this moment. It has to be absorbed and expressed. 
you know, um, there's so much intensity and beauty and, and just pure power in this moment, right? When we do this in a way where it serves us, life is challenging and in the challenge, there's much change. So we must, we must let the change come and we must embrace this new normal, this new space, right? We're entering a brave new world. And so how do we manage everything that's happening at once? You know, using the language of sensation helps you come back into your body, right? Rather than be up in the chaos of the thoughts and the future and the things we can't control, you can control identifying what you're feeling, right? I feel heaviness. It feels stuck. It feels hard. It feels like a contraction. We can name all those things to clear the fog, right? And then once we see it, we name it, we let it come, we give it space, we can possibly even then identify, identify what exactly it is we're feeling so we can process it better, right? The better we process our emotions, the better humans we're going to be, the healthier we're going to be. So I offer you this. Again, I learned this from Dr. Valerie, um, who wrote Patriarchal Stress Disorder, the language of sensation, a brilliant tool to help us process the larger, deeper emotions, you know, because um, as a healer, as a secular Buddhist, I tend to gravitate towards solitude. I retract, I meditate, um, I use various different skills that I have learned over the years to move my body. I actually also use a little bit of EFT tapping skills. I try to become present and, you know, not in the future, not in the past, but be grounded in the presence. I'll talk to my husband, um, who's my best friend. You know, I try to linger in my children's snuggles. I walk my dog often just to clear right? Just to stay connected and also ultimately to create safety in my body, even when I'm in a world of uncertainty. I'm trying to create safety in my body so that I can create safety in my home, right? Um, all of these things have helped me um, work towards work towards emotional, physical, and mental wellness. That's my goal, right? It's a practice that I do consciously every day to help, to help. Um, all of these things I also teach in my childbirth class as what we're doing is we're building resilience. We're expanding our capacity for resilience when we offer ourselves tools and use them to help us process what's happening to us. So I'm sending this out into the world to allow those who need to hear it to offer support in embracing our collective grief, to stand by your side and see you. You are not alone. Even in our solitude, we are not alone. Okay, my friends, there's so much happening in this moment. And I know, I know the best is yet to come. So I hope this podcast has been helpful. Um, try next time when you're feeling overwhelmed to kind of sit, allow the emotions to be there and name the sensations, name them so that you can better clarify and process what's happening to you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. This is your host, Stacey Berry. I am sending you resiliency, agency, and love your way. Thanks for listening to Birthing into the Great Unknown.